early call of the milkman through a day of the outline world dispatch it's wednesday december 27th 2017 i'm adrian jeffries today we're continuing our week-long time machine trip through our favorite stories of 2017 on today's show and derek Gayo reflects on her favorite season which is autumn and Tolu Edionwe talks to the people who save voicemails from their dead loved ones. Here's the dispatch. Culture. It took more than a week of breathing in crisp autumn air before I realized that I was free. No more pressure to get out into the world and do Snapchat-worthy sun-drenched activities. No more stifling heat holding me hostage. My liberation came in the form of a fleece sweatshirt, slippers, and a hot mug of coffee. Autumn is back, and with it comes a return to a state of averageness. But from where I was sitting, boring was exactly where I wanted to be. For those among us who rarely leave the house, the changing of the seasons can be tracked through hashtags. As the weather across the country gets chillier and the days get shorter, perennial favorites like hashtag cozy, hashtag PSL, and hashtag sweater weather are creeping into our feeds. It's easy enough to roll your eyes at them, but I welcome this dullness with open arms and a grateful heart. At last, we've arrived at the season in which we are all given license to be unremarkable. In summer, everyone is expected to be extraordinary. Teens have to get internships, play elite sports, and even attend more school or risk being labeled lazy. Adults have to work as usual, but there's also pressure to pack in relaxing or adventurous vacations and enjoy non-working hours in the much-celebrated summer weather. Enter fall. The days are cooling off, the beverages are heating up, layering is a must, and spending time outside is a luxurious choice, not an expectation. It's when everyone's introvert side has a time to shine, as the season seems to be made for spending time with yourself. Socially, autumn is when most of us can embrace being alone. It's the perfect middle ground between the longing for solitude that comes with the end of a busy summer and the tenuous acceptance of it that comes with the onset of winter. Beloved fall activities, like walking through crunchy leaves and sipping hot cider, are egalitarian. Get-togethers with friends have more space for the kind of intimacy that comes with gathering indoors and staying in one spot together. Instagrams of trees and pies are tolerated, liked even, our attentions turn to insulating our bodies, warming our homes, and preparing ourselves for the hard mental and physical endurance that winter demands. Altogether, autumn doesn't ask much of us, physically, socially, or sartorially. So enjoy it while it lasts, because soon, it'll be gone forever. Scientists have long warned that climate change is making autumn, and also spring, slowly disappear. The sad truth is that even for us millennials, autumn days today don't match the crisp, chilly ones of our youth. The autumn we have today, with all of its opportunities to be regular, is all we've got. And while scientists know that spring gets shorter by 30 seconds every year, comparable data isn't available for autumn. So while the pressure is often on to savor summer as much as you can before it ends, I'd say endeavor to savor fall and all its gifts instead. Our future promises nothing but long, hot summers and extreme weather events at any time of year. Who will have the time to be boring and unremarkable then?
And Derek Gallo is a staff writer at The Outline. Culture. In August, Tolu Edionwe wanted to talk to people about how they remember friends and family once they've died. She found that a lot of these people hung on to voicemails. Rawia Kamir talked to her about the project. Hey, Tolu, so you got a bunch of people to give you their voicemails. Why'd you do that? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I don't get a lot of voicemails anymore. People usually just text instead of call. I speak to a lot of people on the phone. I prefer <laughs> phone conversations. When Usually when people, when I see a missed call, people will like then send a, a text like, hey, I just called to say this, this, this. But I do get a few voicemails that I've held on to. Uh, and one is like, from my good friend Milton. Uh, 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 Let me try that again. He'll leave these long, rambly messages that usually start with a nonsensical song using my name. Why you so soupy? Never answering these loopy loopy. Milton was a theater major. Rhymes with soupy. And the other set is from my mom. And they're like mundane things that she'll say, like, uh, help me fix my phone or help me with this internet thing or whatever. Um, but I've like gone through them and saved them. Yeah, I get all my voicemails are robocalls, I think. Maybe and my dad is probably the only human person who leaves me voicemails. But like you said, he just will text me and I'll know exactly why he's calling. So I'll just call him back. So I feel like you're, yeah, you're, you're in a rare category of people who care about voicemails. It is kind of rare. But I found a group of people who hold on to voicemails, and they do it for a really specific reason. Um, They're holding on to the voicemails of their loved ones who've died. And so I reached out. I sent out a call on Twitter and Facebook for people who have these voicemails, and actually a bunch of people contacted me and agreed to talk about it. Um, so so if you're listening at home, something you should know is that we are going to be talking about some sensitive things, including suicide. So one of the first people I talked to uh, was Alex Allum. Hi, Alex. This is Tolu. Hi, Tolu. Nice to meet you. How are you? And Alex told me about a message from his grandfather. I don't know whether I believe that message you have on that phone or not, you little shithead. Oh, no. You uh, dirty doodle bird. <laughs> Love you. Give us a call. Bye. That was October of 2011, and he passed in 2013, September 2013. So why'd you hang on to a voicemail for two years? That's my producer, John. So my grandfather uh, fought off cancer a lot of times, as, as morbid as it sounds. He would always joke that it's like, well, at least I know how I'm going to go. Is this voicemail like a good representation of like your, your, your whole memory of him? Kind of. Probably, I, I would say so, especially with the context of uh, knowing that when it sounds like he's saying something mean, he's really not at all. That's the most love that <laughs> he had. Like that was possible. If I just play this to some other person, they're going to have no concept of who he was or what he was actually saying or doing or meant by it. It's sort of, it's totally divorced from the rest of everything that I know about him. I think like these are the types of memories that are most important to recreating a person. 
that kind of inside joke type of relationship. That's amazing. I was real mad at myself for picking the wrong one to save for a long time. But uh, I'll take what I got. So for some of the people we talked to, a voicemail from a dead loved one was a surprise finding their archives. But for others, it was like a carefully saved artifact. But all of them seemed to hold like a reverence for the specific quality of an audio recording. Hello? Hey, Ray. That's Ray Witty. 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 And that's a drunk voicemail from Ray's friend, Taryn. (laughs) I live in New York, and Taryn was also a freelance writer younger than me based in L.A. So initially we started out just like sharing each other's work and sending each other like leads and things like that. We ended up like exchanging phone numbers and we would like Skype here and there. Well, because we both work from home, you know, that schedule when you're just alone at the house all the time. And when I met him, I think I was 29 or 30 and he was 24. But I feel like it's like trendy for kids that age to like talk about suicide and death all the time on Twitter. And I'm just not not of that that comedy. But it got to the point where I was like, I don't really think you're joking. Can we can we call back um, at this number? Or nights like that where I would get that voicemail, I would hit him up the next day and like jokingly, but like dead serious, like just want to make sure you're still alive. That was. That voicemail was in December 2015. So Taryn and Ray got closer when Taryn visited New York in the spring of 2016. Ray took him out to eat at all her favorite places and did all the things you do when friends from out of town come to visit. But then a few months after that visit, Ray received a text with the news that Taryn had killed himself. We had talked about his relationship with suicide and depression at length because I wanted him to know like he had someone to talk to even if it wasn't like just the joking like it was like if if things aren't okay like you can call me it doesn't have to be like funny and it doesn't have to be like at like at a comedic expense so Ray's held on to Taryn's voicemail for the last two years and she doesn't have any plans to erase it I first found it I was on the train and like an idiot I tried to listen to it on the train (laughs) And started crying on the train on some, like, real New York moment shit crying on the train. Had to wait to another time to, like, really listen through it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. It makes me so sad that he felt like he couldn't go on here. But I, I like, never want to get rid of that voicemail because it it's so my relationship with him. Him just literally screaming drunk into the phone. <laughs> John Shanahan's recording sounds really familiar. That's a butt dial. I don't really have anything of his voice, and I don't really have anything of, uh, you know, a conversation with him. And John said that his dad did that a lot. So when I had gone through my voicemails, uh, you know, this was six or seven months after he had died, uh, it was in the deleted messages portions. It was the swishing, it was the pockets, it was the muffled conversation. 
Did, so, so you you said you keep it on your phone as a reminder. Like, do you listen to it often or? Um, not so much. I at this point, I I, I listened to it a few times after the weeks that I uh, found it. I I was shared it with my family, and mm-hmm. and they all laughed at it too because I wasn't the only one that was getting the butt dials. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mostly whoever he had spoken to last. So my mom would get them all the time, and my sisters would get them. And so right after I found it, I shared it with them, and I said, "Hey, look, hey, look what I found on my phone." And and then I, that's when I found out that they each had their own that they just haven't deleted. Uh, that we all had a good laugh about that. Absolutely right. It's so much like his uh, his personality and just everything culminated just in that because uh, he he really did like technology and I would always show him whatever the new features were on the phone, but he couldn't he just couldn't grasp it. I mean, it was it was really funny. This last person I talked to, Malika Rao, actually didn't have a, a voicemail to share with me, but it turned out that was a whole story in itself. My mom died right after I graduated from college. She was a physician, and so she had a very professional, outgoing um, message that was directed more to potential patients than really, like, family or friends. She passed away, and it hit me really hard, and um, and it hit my dad really hard, and he told me he was going to just maintain her phone account for a year because he liked to call her voicemail. Malika's dad saved the voicemail, but Malika had reservations. I, at the time, I was like, oh, that seems unhealthy. I don't know. I was worried about my dad. and But then I found myself, like, I would get devastatingly sad and call it. And she just sounded so normal and, like, ready to go. Like, And my mom, she was an Indian immigrant, and she had an accent that, I remember when I was a kid, like, I never heard my parents' accents. Um, I don't know if, I think this is a common phenomenon where um, other people tell you that your parents have accents. (laughs) My mom, I never had really heard her as an accented person. And then when I'd hear her message, I mean, it was so her, but there was also this, there was kind of this double hearing that I had where I heard her, but then I also sort of heard her as a stranger might have. And um, yeah, when I would call her, it was like I could just enter into this other like other existence briefly, former existence, and then, and then it would end. Malaga's relationship with her mom's voice recording changed over time. She went from calling the mailbox several times a week to once and then none at all. And then she told me that as she started to feel better and not as sad, that she'd call less and less. And then one day she called and it was gone. You know, my dad never told me when he canceled the account. Uh, I just, one day I called and it wasn't, I think I got, I reached someone and it was very depressing. Um, But also like probably healthy, like, I, I don't know. I mean, when you guys asked for the recording, I called it again, just, you know, just to see. And it's not, it, it's not her, her number anymore. And it's sad. I don't know. It's sad that it's not there. It's gone. I don't know that I would use it all the time, but it's kind of like a drug, you know. Not many people leave a voicemail expecting the recipient to play it over and over It's not like a video or a photo uh, with all the pressure to 
encapsulate a memory for later. Right, because it serves a purpose, and its purpose is not to be replayed. Its purpose is to communicate something at that moment, and then it's supposed to be gone once you hear it. Right. But for these people, like, it, it represents so much more. I think there's a lot in the mundane that can be very crucial to remembering a person outside of, like, the bigness of what or how it's expected that you remember them when they die. I keep imagining like a, uh, a like a picture of someone in a coffin and like that's how you're supposed to remember someone like rest in peace done but in a voicemail it's just they sound so alive like and that's what you should really be remembering about them you know like how the tone of their voice and like how they sound when they laugh you know it's like color That's all for now. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts to hear a ton of other episodes. And you can also hear us on your smart speaker. On Google Home, just say, OK, Google, play news from the outline. Or you can add the outline skill to your Alexa device. I'm Adrienne Jeffries. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more of our favorite stories.